Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. And uh, we're still doing this, episode 15. Um, this is sort of the second beginning of the second half of season one, and it seems like episodes may be getting slightly better. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about Star Trek The Next Generation. Did We've you hear been, that really long we, sigh? <laughs> that was my answer to that question. Oh, I, I was talking over it. I was I was trying to qualify my my question. <laughs> uh, oh um, boy! Look, I guess I guess if we're talking about like, well, we finally gotten to one of my favorite episodes, which I think is is a is a good moment for the first season, the show in general. Uh, sure. Like we're talking about episode fifteen right now, right? That we are. Yeah, so checked. Uh, 15 out of a possible 68 first season episodes. <laughs> there are so. so many. Man, TV used to make so many episodes of seasons. It's a miracle that they worked at this pace. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, the magic number back in the day was if you had 100 episodes of a series, then you could syndicate the the repeats. And they're going and for that in one season. I, that's where I all think. that mailbox money comes from. Right, right. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for them. Uh, yeah, I mean... They're really I, trying to go for it fast, though. Yeah. Well, I heard that um, Patrick Stewart didn't even unpack his suitcase for the first season of this show because he, th- he thought it was going to get canceled, like, at every turn. I don't know, man. If you read the first three scripts, I, th- <laughs> I think you'd have a hard time unpacking, too. Yeah. The episode title is Too Short a Season. I think the title has something to do with the fact that there's a guy trying to cheat death. But it is a weird... Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's not a great title. Um, it's a, It sort of sounds like it's supposed to be an idiom that everybody knows, but it's not. Yeah, I sure didn't know it. I, I don't think I'm an idiot. No. If you, search, if you search Too Short a Season, the only thing that comes up is this episode. Like, that's... Yeah, unlike the last episode where you just type in a bunch of zeros and ones, a, a bunch <laughs> of things come up. Oh, yeah. Deep web, not, not <laughs> least of which. Uh, so the Enterprise is uh, is trying to uh, solve a hostage crisis. They bring aboard this old, old admiral, Admiral Mark Jameson and his wife Anne, on the request of Karnas, who's the governor of this this planet that has diplomatic relations with the Federation, but is not in the Federation. Uh, Karnas is telling them that terrorists have taken the Federation ambassador and a staff hostage. And the only person that, uh, they will talk to is Admiral Jameson, who is super old. And everybody's like, why do they even think Jameson is alive? And, uh, was I the only one who expected Karnas to be a magician? (laughs) (laughs) Carnus just sounds like a magician name. It does. It's it's just like a barrel-chested dude in a kind of bad, like commandant military outfit. Uh, but uh, I think we should definitely spend some time talking about the old man makeup that Ad- Admiral Mark Jameson is in. 
before we do that, I'm sorry. Uh, it should be known that uh, you might recognize Carnus as the guy who played Drago's trainer in Rocky IV. Did you get that? <laughs> it's the same dude. Oh man, I uh, you know I am not as familiar with Rocky IV as I am with some of the earlier and later uh, additions to that franchise. You but, know what? Uh, you you're gonna have plenty of time to acquaint yourself to that franchise when we begin our Rocky Cast podcast at the conclusion of our Star Trek: The Next Generation podcast. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy the shit out of that. <laughs> What's it called? Jumping on the art museum steps? No, we'll come up with something better than that. Yeah, on the fly. So I'm you're not right. Great at naming things. We have got to. We're gonna spend half of this podcast talking about Jameson's makeup, which can only be described as an Antican mask from from one of the early episodes, just spray-painted in a, a flesh color. Oh, my God. It is so bad. It's like... And it's like... This, this probably looked bad in standard definition, but we are watching it in high definition with 1,080 lines of horizontal resolution, and woof, it is hard to look at this old man makeup. It's like... It's like a burlap sack that's been dipped in in plaster, flesh-colored plaster, and then just sort of tucked into the neck of his uniform. It's horrifying. My student film, when I was in film school, had a uh, an old man character in it, and I cast one of my friends uh, in, in that part, uh, one of my film school friends in that part, uh, and he did a great job in the performance of it, but the makeup artist that uh, came and put him in old man makeup uh, had one option for me to choose from and it was the, the it was like an appliance that was meant for <laughs> making somebody look like an evil wizard and not like the chairman of the board of a major company which was what the part was so, <laughs> so, so we just had this unintentionally insane looking character in, in I mean, it was like a comedy script, so it kind of worked, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm i going to say this was a student film that had a budget of about $1,000, and my old man looked 10 times as good as this old man, and it was not really old man makeup that we had him in. How'd you get $1,000 to make a student film back then? Uh, you know, I was, I was selling my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's that really got dark. <laughs> you know that might no, that's not as embarrassing as the West Hot American Summer Story. But <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> that, that's still more embarrassing than you selling your ass. Um, <laughs> you've been talking a lot uh, in uh, in text messages to me about us putting a West Hot American Summer T-shirt out. <laughs> for yeah. people to wear, we've uh, got to do uh, that. If people that like the show enough to uh, to wear a t shirt, uh, I'd, I'd be curious uh, for people to weigh in on on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag Greatest Gen. Let us know if you if you would wear a t shirt that says West Hot American Summer in reference to the time I went to summer camp and went around introducing myself as Wesley to everybody because I really liked the character Wesley Crusher and I was like seven and I thought that that was an acceptable thing to do. Yeah, it's weird that you got exactly no sex out of that deal. I know. I know. <laughs> I'd still look back baffled over that. You of every star 
A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. After that little diversion, maybe we should return to our classic Fountain of Youth Iran-Contra sci-fi story. (laughs) (laughs) That that we're in the middle of summarizing. (laughs) 
I, I was thinking more like a Benjamin Button uh, <laughs> Iran Contra, but that's if you're going to mash up two storylines uh, in the first season of a of a sci-fi show, those are the two that you pick right there. <laughs> so we get the we get the notes on this uh, on this hostage situation, and and it's not good. So they gotta no. they gotta take the ship to this planet to meet up with Ivan uh, Drago's trainer, and uh, and also deliver our our super old man who is in a weird wheelchair like a motorized scooter, but but it's like the size of a shopping cart. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Professor X's mo- wheelchair in uh, in the X Men comics where it covers his legs and it's like totally motorized. But every time you see it, all you can do is think about like two teamsters having to schlep it up onto the transporter pad. <laughs> oh yeah, that transporter pad is not ADA compliant. No, I think that's no. why you don't you don't see him get off of there. Yeah, there's steps down from the transporter pad, and uh, I guess I guess you have to assume that this uh, wheelchair's got a hover function. This being the future, but they don't actually show that. Right, right. So uh, sort of away from the situation. Uh, the doctor is talking to Picard about his condition, and and he's got this disease, this Iverson's disease, which yeah. up until now I thought was associated with uh, with a bunch of tattoos and a gambling addiction. <laughs> uh, but uh, but oddly, has nothing to do with Alan Iverson. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. This this trip uh, as they as they travel, uh, Jameson. Um, gets stronger and stronger initially he's just kind of doesn't look any younger but he is uh goes from being wheelchair bound to doing some walking around which is uh very poorly carried out by this actor who cannot uh for the life of him plausibly look frail uh, <laughs> yeah, he does uh, in what's supposed to be a real triumphant scene. He's he's toward the back. He's like at the engineering station of the bridge, and he just sort of gets himself up out of the wheelchair and sort of swings his legs in front of him and walks down what we understand now to be a very ADA compliant uh, bridge space down yeah. the gentle slope toward the con. Yeah, and uh, and so we come to understand as he gets less and less old looking that he has taken some alien de-aging drugs uh to reverse his aging process over the last two years and it's uh it's you know initially quite baffling to the doctor because this disease has no cure but suddenly he's appearing younger and more energetic and um and so I think we see like three or four edi- renditions of this makeup that are supposed to look less and less ancient as as time goes on. I put in my notes that uh, Jameson's medicine should have been called a makeup de-ridiculizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that is, that is the side effect to taking all these drugs. Yeah, you sort of wonder how how they arrived at the decision to do this the way they did because I mean you see like this this has been tackled in so many different ways over the years in so many different movies and television shows where like how do we show that this character is older or younger in different scenes like mm-hmm. you know I think about like the old lady makeup that they have uh, in um, Edward Scissorhands on Winona mm-hmm. Ryder and uh, you know it's it's I feel like it's good makeup but she's not really 
like the voice doesn't sound right and and it just doesn't it doesn't quite hang together and in and and yet is light years ahead of what what's going on in this episode and then other shows where they just have different actors play the different phases and i feel like that could have been like like this guy is not that great an actor so why not <laughs> yeah, just have not, three actors like play were, the part like it's not like they were like oh my god we've We've got to get this guy, and we've got to have him play all the parts. He's so amazing. That is not the case here. No, this this might be like, I would say this might be the weakest guest performance of any actor that has come on the show for a featured part so far. You know know what's interesting about that is that uh, the lady who plays his wife is uh, is an actress named Marsha Hunt, and she was a... She's yeah, an she's... actress of note from like the golden era of Hollywood. Yeah. And to see her like there's three different kinds of acting happening in this episode. There's there's Jameson's uh poor physical and actual acting that we can agree has happened here. There's yeah, and he talks in that like arch actor voice, like I am yeah. acting, you know. There's there's eighties acting, which everyone else on the show is doing to you know to some varying degree of success and then there's uh then there's marcia hunt's golden era like like sort of inflection acting happening it's a weird stew and i think (laughs) i think what happens is marcia hunt just sort of takes the heat off of jameson the actor who plays jameson a little bit by by being real golden era with her line delivery i think it actually helps out his terribly acted part a little bit I, I do want to talk about uh, the character of Jameson's wife because I feel like one thing that I really appreciated about this episode was that they took her story very seriously. Like they really, yeah. like she's a real character. Her like reaction to this choice that her husband has made is very authentic feeling, and and you know, like she, she like they they wrote a real part for for this. For this character, and I, I, I right. thought that like, I almost thought she was a more interesting person for the episode to focus on uh, in a way. The part had to be what attracted her to doing the show because the first day she walked on set and she saw Jameson's makeup, <laughs> I know she had to be thinking about leaving. Wait, this guy is supposed to be the same age as me? Fuck you guys! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is what we think an old person looks like. What do you think, Marsha? <laughs> we su- we stocked your star wagon full of soft foods. <laughs> soft foods and laxatives. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. Not entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. So back to this plot. As they're heading to this planet, Mordan, Jameson is communicating with Karnas, the military governor of the planet and uh jameson comes to understand that Carnus is in fact the one that took the federation uh citizens hostage and there isn't a terrorist situation at all which has been puzzling everybody because it you know they had no prior indication that there was any any like dis- dissent on this planet and uh we come to understand that Carnus is in fact uh doing this as a revenge plot against Jameson for a uh, 
a previous negotiation that uh, he felt in in which he felt Jameson fucked him over. Uh, and he's not wrong. Nope, not wrong. Uh, so it was something to do with like Carnist uh, hijacking a Federation vessel like decades ago, and uh, that he killed a bunch of uh, previous Federation negotiators. And the way that Jameson got the ship back and freed the hostages was by secretly providing Carnus with weapons that he was demanding as his ransom. But what Jameson did uh, in his uh, own private interpretation of the Prime Directive was to provide an equal, equal number of weapons to Carnus's enemies on the planet, and it uh, set off a four-decade-long war that took millions of lives. And uh, so... But we come to understand that essentially Jameson is uh, is trying to get the blood off of his hands by going to free these these hostages in a legit way, and the only way he feels he can do that is if he's not so frail as uh, as he was going into it. Yeah. So by the time they get to the planet, he's in pretty bad shape. He's he's basically like a twenty year old dude with chest pains, and he's really really sweaty like as sweaty as any character has been on the show up until now so you know he's in bad shape yeah he is he is guy in the hallway with the fire going yeah. sweaty <laughs> <laughs> nice callback yeah uh, <laughs> i hope that makes sense to anybody i don't i don't know that it would. <laughs> we're doing the show for us yeah fuck you listeners uh, <laughs> So yeah, so they get to the they get to the planet and negotiations are are about to begin. So they decide to transport down, uh, and yeah. Picard decides to accompany the away team. Right, and it's not going to be a negotiation. Jameson is planning a raid. Like they're going right. to go just like guns blazing, kill all the security personnel, and and leave with the hostages and. Um, you know, he's like, no, I know how this guy thinks. It's good. They're going to be in the tunnels under his house. Like, no big deal. They transport down. Data's like, uh, this guy is leading us to a dead end, and he's completely out of his mind. And Picard's like, yeah, let's just <laughs> let's just see this through. Let's uh, let's uh, let's let's watch him be an idiot for a while. <laughs> and uh, so, you know. They, they no, follow no sooner... his puddle around the tunnels. <laughs> yeah. He is fully <laughs> dripping all over these tunnels, and uh, they cut through a wall with phasers and uh, get in a firefight, and uh, it gets too hot, so they beam the entire way team back up to the ship, and uh, Jameson is really on the brink of his body shutting down because he reveals that he actually took a double dose of the anti-aging drugs and his organs just can't take the stress of uh, of getting younger as fast as they are getting. I think people are often tempted to take that second dose when they haven't let that first dose really take hold. Yeah, so, you know, uh, one thing I wrote down that sort of dovetails with that is that the the young admiral, the you know the the early twenties actor that has been playing this part all the way through, looks like a guy who would be like losing it on pills at a hipster dance party <laughs> and would be like trying to offer people pills that didn't want them. 
and uh yeah like he he can't maintain man he can't maintain he reminded me of a sort of a sweaty bill paxton <laughs> I, got, I got some got some paxton vibes from him there's a little bit of paxton he's not quite as like he's not quite as meaty as paxton well yeah i mean and i should i should say that like that really is probably insulting to bill paxton on a number of levels i'm sure he's listening which is so, acting yeah <laughs> i meant no offense bill just kept talking in one long incredibly unbroken sentence moving from topic to topic so that no one had the chance to interrupt it was really quite hypnotic nodding, nodding. so Carnus is now like you know even more pissed off than he was before because of this raid and he demands to see jameson or he's going to start fragging hostages every 15 minutes so picard uh dr crusher and admiral jameson who is even sweatier now than he ever was uh beam directly to Carnus's office and Carnus is like you know stop stop this ridiculous ruse i want to see jameson not this kid actor <laughs> i'm not buying your bullshit at all who the, who the fuck is this sweaty guy yeah. <laughs> yeah how about you how about you beam that guy up and mop up under where he was standing uh but uh yeah Picard, like, like he's he would be kicked out of any gym uh looking the way he does yeah uh picard satisfies Carnus that this is in fact jameson uh by showing a handful of screenshots from earlier in the episode when he was in more makeup than uh than he presently is in and then another uh, classic moment of showing someone in a scene parts of the episode that we're watching which i just love right and then uh jameson shows Carnus a scar that was like some kind of blood bond that they made uh back when they had their original negotiation and that satisfies Carnus. Uh, who's uh, decides instead of uh, killing Jameson in revenge is just going to allow him to die the painful death that he is already dying because of his decision to take these alien drugs. Yeah, just a bunch of chest pains and a pool of sweat. That's his death sentence there. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad way to go. Yeah, so he he dies in, in, his, in his wife's arms. She beams down and... Uh, Carnus agrees to let the hostages go and uh, seems to be really affected by the story about hubris that Jameson has told him. So the episode more or less ends with uh, with Jameson dying in her arms. The ship uh, then sets course for ISIS three. <laughs> so they go from one they go from one terror situation to the next. Yeah, choosing not to explore the planet with uh with fountain of youth properties like they've basically been told that there is there is a medicine that can either stop aging or reverse it and they are not interested at all in in finding it exploring it or using it is that this planet or is it a it's some other planet where did jameson get the anti-aging medicine i thought they got it i thought he found it on another planet I oh, didn't yeah. think it was I didn't think it was a place that was related to to That's this thing at all. That's what I thought too, but yeah, why yeah. Well, Picard probably has orders, you know, and orders is orders. Right. Right. <laughs> I uh got to be honest with you, man. I think, you know, we've 
we've reviewed a lot of quote unquote bad episodes. Mm. But this one was this one wasn't bad in the ways that that bad show has been so far this season. This right. one was just really cold feeling to me and not fun. Like in yeah. any way. There was no storyline, either the A or the B storyline, neither of them were fun. They didn't the really connect itself, you emotionally with the hostages, so you didn't really it didn't really feel like a real threat uh, there. And then, like, you have... There's no there's no appealing part of Admiral Jameson to hang your hat on. So he just seems like a dickhead that you kind of don't want the best for, you know? Right, right. Like, from I, jump, I he comes on the ship and starts bossing Picard around, saying, like, I'm in charge of the mission, you're a piece of shit. And Picard is like, all right, fine, geez. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Of course, Captain, you command the ship, but the mission is mine. I trust you are in full agreement. Yes, sir. Of course. Right. And we also never really get the stakes of it. Like, if there are hostages, we never see them. He makes yeah. a he makes a threat to kill them, but because we never see the hostages, we aren't, you know, emotionally attached in any way to to that possible outcome. It just felt real flat to me. Uh, and I don't know. Like, for me, I think we laugh a lot at the terrible racism of a couple of the episodes, at a couple of the the plot choices and a few yeah. others. But I think for... I think this episode is the least favorite episode I've seen so far in the season because it's so flat and because... Uh, there are no stakes and there's nothing really likable about anything that's happening. I, I don't know. I just came out of the episode feeling real, like not bummed, but just like, what was that? Like, this is, this is supposed to be sci-fi. There's supposed to be an element of adventure and intrigue, but, but I just was never invested in anyone. The, The closest it got to interesting for me was a sort of, it really just grazed this, but the idea of a distinction between vindication and atonement, like Jameson definitely doesn't seem to feel much guilt for the kind of criminal act that he did to uh, resolve the earlier crisis, you know, 40 years ago. And, but he, he does seem to want to go to like, make sure that his good name will, will ring out in, in history and right. and 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 that uh that was interesting like there's like the the kind of hubris of that like i don't want to undo the harm i did so much as make sure that that harm isn't seen as a blight on my record um but like that like as a, as interesting and chewy an idea uh that is they don't really dig very much deeper than that and like that's definitely like where the moral of the story is like Picard kind of like moralizes a bit at the end of the episode but it's like eh, I don't feel like you really made an episode about that yeah it just I mean typically I should say frequently Picard's moralizing uh, is effective you know like he'll he'll help a viewer understand you know the greater message or the moral and I just didn't care I don't know Maybe I just watched this episode on a bad day or whatever, but uh, it didn't work. It didn't work, and I'm I'm looking forward to a, another different episode because anything's <laughs> yeah. got to be better than this, right? Yeah, 
Need a palate cleanser. It should surprise no one that this same makeup supervisor who 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 troweled on Jameson's <laughs> mud face uh, was the same makeup supervisor who did uh, who did the premiere episode who aged DeForest Kelly in oh. in in similarly terrible fashion. It might so. be the same. Uh, it might be the same uh, piece of prosthetic face makeup. Actually, <laughs> come to think of it. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Just, wow. I mean, they, they brought him back to do more makeup. Bad. I mean, I, hopefully he gets more reps and can sort of uh, figure this out. Doesn't even look like the kind of wrinkles that old people have. Like, it's not wrinkled in the right places. Can you imagine? They're, they they spend four hours on this guy's makeup. Can you imagine, like, you're in the chair for four hours and they do that reality show spin you around so you can face the mirror, like for the big reveal. Can you imagine? You're sitting there for four hours reading People magazine, like just dying, like, oh, this sucks, like getting ready to, to go on set. They flip you around and that's what you look like. <laughs> I mean, is it really any wonder why this actor, like, just sort of acted like he didn't give a shit at any point? At any point? <laughs> I think we'd act the same way if that's yeah. what we ended up doing. Perhaps we have been too cruel. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm willing to give the guy a break if if that's how he spent every morning before the shoot. Fair enough. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? At any point, did you discover a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! Oh, well, drunk Shimoda is our uh, award at the end of every episode for an achievement in character development. A character doing something silly or that just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Or having the most fun. Or having the most fun stacking up important shit. <laughs> uh. If you'd like to find out more about uh, our special friend, Mr. Shimoda, that's uh, back in episode two. You know, I uh, I didn't write one down. Uh, I guess because the only real option here for me would be the admiral. Uh, you know, it is just uh, he's really drunk shimodying up the entire damn episode. Can you give the shimoda to the actual actor and not and not the character? <laughs> <laughs> well, given the fact that you gave me a drunk shimoda one time, I think yeah, that that is I'd, fair game. Yeah, you can break that fourth wall. Yeah. Um, I actually, I wrote this down. I am not giving a drunk Shimoda in this episode because I think, to me, that recognition involves a character who is having fun, to me, more than anything. And this was just the no fun episode. Yeah, I, everybody is really so trudging no through this episode, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's a real slog. So, no Shimoda for me. Well, I feel embarrassed to have even awarded one i think you're right <laughs> uh, you have more to be embarrassed about than that my friend <laughs> hey, which reminds he said, me you said that you were going to tell some embarrassing stories at some point and you have not done that yet so i said, i challenge you to tell me something real embarrassing about your childhood relationship with the uh star trek the next generation television program i can do that i can do yeah. that i'll make it a hostage situation i want i want five more five star reviews and then I'll Ooh. let the hostage go. I like that. You'll have to call again. I'm just leaving. 
I'm uh, not dressed properly. Uh, what do we got coming up next for uh, what you called a palate cleanser? God, I hope so. Uh, this is uh, episode 16, When the Bow Breaks. Wesley and several children from the Enterprise are kidnapped by a sterile civilization which hopes to use them to rebuild their race. So I guess it's sort of a children of men type of deal. I guess I remember uh, this as being like, uh, they're kind of all in like weird rooms with weird group, like pairs of adults that are going to be their parents. And they're like, oh, you should learn to sculpt or you should learn to play an instrument. That's uh, the kind of only thing that vaguely comes back to me about this one. How about you? Uh, nothing again. Like this is another episode that's sort of in the fog for me. Uh, I don't remember it at all. I think your episode summary sounds weirdly like a uh, repopulation story. Like they're yeah. gonna grab all the kids and then they're gonna they're gonna make a bunch of babies. Is that their plan? Yeah, I think that they stop being able to have children, so they help themselves to the ones that live on the Enterprise, and that's got to be a that's got to really burn Picard up because you know that's his uh, <laughs> that's his stable, that's his harem. I think uh, I think if we've learned anything from this season, it's that uh, they're really cool with kidnapping on board the Enterprise. <laughs> like they just let that shit slide. Yeah, Daja Daja Yar doesn't have any specific procedures uh, designed to prevent it because it's honestly not seen as that big of a crime. No, no, that's uh, diplomatic relations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh, this episode was reviewed as a mostly harmless episode that lifts quite a bit from the cliche handbook. Do you have one of those, Ben? A cliche handbook? <laughs> I think anybody listening to this show knows that I do. I think uh, I think uh, when I was little watching the show for the first time, I had the Star Trek technical manual. Uh, I wanted the cliche handbook. I just <laughs> didn't have enough allowance money to buy one. Yeah. Yeah. They were wasting that money on Magic the Gathering cards. No, I, I never played Magic. I was I was too nerdy for that. Oh, you know what? I got a I got a nerdy story to tell you. It's a short one. Okay. So, Play it on uh, so one one year for my birthday. Speaking of Magic the Gathering cards, one day for my birthday, uh, my grandma sent me a birthday card with a crisp twenty dollar bill in it, as she did. <laughs> she was a great lady. And uh, with this twenty dollars, I went to my neighborhood sports card store. I don't remember what it was called, but you know, one of those. Yeah. One of those stores that sold a bunch of baseball and football cards. They'd have uh, they'd have the glass cases with yeah. a bunch of their most valuable product out front, and then then just sort of behind the cases, they'd have a wall of of cards of all kinds. Your you got your basketball, your football, your what have right. you. At this baseball card store, they had Star Trek cards. Oh, like, as in like. What what basketball cards are to basketball? They had Star Trek cards, like yeah, like I'll trade you cards. a Jordy for for a Wharf kind of kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. So, eleven year old me uh, <laughs> saunters into this uh, baseball card shop, really excited to spend his twenty dollar bill on Star Trek cards. That's an investment that's going to pay off in the future. <laughs> It's like a it's like a Saturday morning. Get one of my parents to drive me down there. They're like down the way shopping for groceries. I'm in there by myself. <laughs> I wait in the in the line of a couple people to to interact with the with the shopkeeper. The other the other people in there are like sports fans. 
I'm a sports fan too, but they're in there buying sports cards. Finally get the guy's attention, like a guy getting a bartender's attention uh, yeah. at a pub. And I'm like, hey, uh, how many packs of Star Trek cards can I get for $20? <laughs> and it was like... <laughs> It was like I had taken a dump on the dance floor and like the DJ, like the record, the record doesn't just skip, but like the DJ table just flips over and the lights come up. (laughs) It was, it was a reaction I'd never gotten before. Like I'm, I'm a young kid. I've, I had never up to this point embarrassed myself the way I did in that moment. Yeah. I don't think I really realized how other people thought of Star Trek when I was a kid. Right. Right. And there's a wall of cards and there's like one single box of Star Trek cards that I saw. So this is an adult. This is like a 50 year old man. And you can tell that he wants to curse at me in a (laughs) in a son. Why the fuck would you want to buy Star Trek cards? That is ridiculous. Much in the same way that one of us now could say, sir, why the fuck would you open a retail store to sell baseball cards? Right. Exactly. He didn't see uh the hypocrisy of of his no. statement at the time but he's like <laughs> like a guy wanting to talk a suicide off of the the railing of a bridge he's like son do you really want to do that <laughs> he sort of he sort of looked down at the 20 and looked at me like initially he was upset at the idea but you know he's going to he's a he's a businessman he wants to make some money too but he he does his best to be like you know we got a lot of other cards here uh sports cards that actually have some value (laughs) are you sure are you sure you really want these star trek cards and i'm like yes sir i do big fan (laughs) so so he grabs a he grabs the box of star trek cards i believe i believe there were two boxes actually there's original series cards and next generation cards i think one was silver and one was like a different color silver I'm sure a thousand nerds are listening to this podcast, screaming at the radio, going, <laughs> <laughs> saying that I'm wrong about that. But yeah. as uh, my memory uh, is that there were two different versions, and I got the next gen version uh, nice. because I was and still am a next generation person. Emptied the box. That's what twenty dollars gets you. <laughs> oh, you bought that's the how, whole column, huh? <laughs> that's how. That's how fucking cheap these cards were uh he and it and like a bank teller who had been held up at gunpoint he like slowly stacks the packs on the table like he's giving you every opportunity to rethink your purchase yeah he's really slow rolling me like like there's still a chance here that i could make a good decision and nope like 19 dollars and 92 cents like uh like gave him the 20 took my Star Trek cards and uh, and walked on out of there. Really, like, I was super ashamed the entire time. It wasn't like I was proud to do this. He did everything he could to to shame me for my decision, and I just sort of slunk away from there. Uh, he offered me, to, me a bag, which I definitely took, uh, so <laughs> that no one would see me walking out with my arms full of Star Trek trading cards. One of your most uh, opaque bags, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, a bag that you would stick a porno magazine in, please. <laughs> uh, and and I walked away and and went home and and opened up these Star Trek cards, utterly delighted at my purchase, which 
which I should tell you has not increased in value one dime. This wow. was not this was not an investment mm. on any level. And in fact, it was an investment in shame. Well, it it uh, it's you know part of the foundation that you built in your childhood to enable you to erect the house that is the greatest generation in your adulthood. Uh, that's about the only erection I can achieve associated with the show. Damok Angelad at Tanaga. I think with that we're going to bring. This exciting episode of The Greatest Generation to a close, a couple points of order. Uh, if you ever want to reach out and and maybe share in your humiliation with us, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle's at Cut for Time. Mine is Benjamin R. That's Benjamin A-H-R. Uh, we've also taken over a hashtag, hashtag Greatest Gen, uh, which we share with some of our country's greatest heroes. Yeah. And we're, we're proud and even more humiliated to share that with them yeah you 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 will see like nine nine trek jokes for every one man lying in state in his dress uniform so (laughs) it's a pretty bleak uh area of twitter but uh if you can stomach that join us (laughs) yeah please do uh our website is gawk.biz and uh one thing that we need to be doing a little better job of that we haven't been is uh giving a shout out to our friend uh, Dark Materia, who has graciously and generously approved of our use of his music, both for the beginning and for our interstitials. So Dark Materia is the, uh, is the engineer who makes all our music. And you can, you can find this track and many others uh, on, the, on the internet. Yeah, just search for the Picard song or Dark Materia, and it'll uh, take you down a, a, a very amusing techno rabbit hole. Yeah, the guy's awesome, and we did that thing that you shouldn't do, which is uh, we we grabbed the track and started using it, thinking no one would listen to this podcast, and then it blew up real big, and then yeah. we had to sort of go hat, hat in hand, like, hey, uh, hey, Mister Dark Materia, uh, this we've been using your song, and we didn't ask first, and we're sorry. Uh, can we still use it? And to his credit, he was like, yeah, go for it. So our our great thanks to him. We're glad we didn't have to go back and retroactively change all the music out for this show. Yeah. I guess we don't... Do we know if Dark Materia is a dude or a lady? Have I been referring to him as as one or the other? I think like I think like Riker, I should probably yeah. uh, casually find that out. Uh, whoever <laughs> it is... Dark Materia uh, may be a binar, right. for all we know. Right. A binar with a Walkman. All right. Well, that's that's all I've got to say about that. Maybe hopefully we'll do a better job in uh, in shouting him out, as well as our all of our other administrative information toward the end. Yeah, I don't think we ever planned for this show to have uh, any reason for us to handle administrative business at all. So we need to get in the habit of that now that now that we do. Well, if anyone is still listening. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that, and uh, we'll see you next time on a real exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And by that, I mean a real exciting episode of The Greatest Generation. Captain.